Good morning. It's so good to have all of you joining us online for this uh, Sunday morning, very special Sunday morning, being Mother's Day Sunday morning. Uh, we're glad to have you tuning in. A couple of things that I just want to bring to your attention. So glad to have um, the, the congregation of Trinity Church uh, staying together, uh, being a, a being a part of one another's lives through this, uh, giving to the ministry here at Trinity. Uh, just so good to see all of you just being the church that God has called us to be. I uh, just want to compliment you on uh, the many things that I hear from uh, uh, the various people in our congregation. Uh, thank you for uh, your faithfulness to this ministry and to each other. Uh, I encourage you to uh, invite people to be a part of our streaming. Uh, invite them through uh, emails or uh, uh, in person. Let them know as uh, we broadcast every Sunday morning. i uh, got one thing here that I want to read to you, and uh, then I'll talk a little bit after I read it. It says, Dear Pastor J.D. and Church Board, it has been our great privilege to serve as associate pastors here at Trinity Church for the past 17 years. We have been blessed immeasurably by so many wonderful people and grown spiritually as a part of this congregation. Now, we feel it is time to make a change and retire, effective June 28, 2020. We would like to, to transition from paid staff to members of this wonderful body. We are excited to see God's plans for this congregation unfold in our community. May God continue to bless you richly. We love you all. Continuing to serve, Rick Ballou and Joyce Ballou. Obviously, by me reading this letter, you know what it is. Uh, they have announced that they are retiring, and uh, they have been a part of this body and an uh, integral part of this body through the past 17 years, but they feel that now is the time to uh, step back and begin to do the things that retired folks do. And uh, so we wish them and bless them uh, with the abundance of Jesus Christ. Um, we will be uh, celebrating their retirement by throwing some kind of big shindig, some kind of big party for them. Uh, the problem is we just don't know when. Uh, we've all got to be back together for us to be able to do this. And so uh, I guess the date is yet to be determined, but we want to honor Rick and Joyce uh, with, a, with a real uh, good celebration. And so um, uh, as we've announced this this morning, I know that they're making plans uh, to uh, step back from full-time duty and uh, to be a part of this congregation. Let me just make sure that you understand they're stepping back from full-time pay position, but they're going to be a part of this body as volunteers and uh, serving serving this body as volunteers. And so uh, we're so thankful that God brought them to us and uh, the blessing that they've been here. Uh, and so uh, to be determined will be the date and uh, how we are going to honor them. And so just uh, uh, keep aware of all the announcements that are going to be coming. Um, amen. I'm believing that uh, one day soon we're all going to be back together here in the sanctuary and be a part of a, a congregational meeting where we don't have to limit it to 10 and we don't have to do all the various things that uh, we've been doing that keeps us apart. Uh, we'll all be back together. But until then, let's uh, take a few moments and let's just worship the Lord. Amen. God bless you.
that you just come into wherever we are this morning and that your blessing would flow upon us and our family and our children. In your name we pray. Amen. I just want to say thank you again to our worship team, to our tech team, all of those that are making this uh, possible every Sunday morning. Uh, we just give them a big applaud because they, uh, uh, they certainly are giving of themselves to make this happen. Thank you, guys. Great worship this morning. Uh, I want to begin this morning by wishing each and every mother a happy Mother's Day. Without moms, uh, there wouldn't be any of us here today, obviously. Uh, we, we thank you, moms, for all the hours of, of hard work and all the dedication that you've given to each one of us, to the family, to the home, um, and, and all the other millions of things that you have your time consumed with. We just want to say thank you for that. Uh, I hope that you all receive something really wonderful from your kids that says, thank you for all that you do, and we love you, Mom. Um, kids are, are really a hoot. Uh, uh, so many things through the years that my children have done, so many things, uh, being a children's pastor, a pastor of a church that I've seen kids do, uh, there's no, no telling what's going to come out of their mouths. It's no telling what they're going to say about their moms. I found a few little cute things here uh, that were written to their mom, written to their moms from kids, and uh, I'm going to read them to you. Angie, uh, age eight, wrote this. She said, "Dear mother, I'm going to make dinner for you on Mother's Day. It's going to be a surprise. P.S. I hope you like popcorn and pizza." Robert wrote this. He says, "I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you like the turtle." better than the snake I got you last year. Uh, Aline wrote this. She said, Dear Mother, I wish Mother's Day wasn't always on Sunday. I, it would be better if it were on Monday so we wouldn't have to go to school. Great idea. Um, little Diane wrote this. She says, I hope you like the flowers that I got you for Mother's Day. I picked them myself when Mr. Smith wasn't looking. <laughs> um, here's, here's one from Carol. It says, Dear Mother, here are two aspirins. <laughs> Have a happy Mother's Day. And I think this one here really exhibits the love that this young man has for his mom. It says, Dear Mom, thank you so much for being my mom. If I had a different mom, I would punch her in the face and go find you. Love, Brooke. Kids have a lot of things to say. I do want to take this morning's time and, and just encourage you moms. I want to give you some things to enrich your life, uh, some thoughts that might help you. 
with the many responsibilities of being a mom and doing all the things that mom do, doing all the things that mom do for their family, uh, being all the things that moms are for their families. So being a mom is a tough job. It is a tough job. Never been a mom, but I've been around a lot of moms. Tough job and uh, maybe probably the toughest job on the planet. I can tell you this, that my brothers and I made it incredibly a tough job for my mom. Um, uh, you should see my mom. She's, uh, she, she looks weathered. And uh, one of the reasons why is because we weathered her. Um, it, is a, it is a tough job, but it is also a very critical job. For each person that has the responsibility of moms, I, I don't believe that we can underestimate how critical a role that a mom plays in a child's life. So the title of my message this morning is Prove It. Two little simple words that we've probably heard all kinds of ways as we have uh, grown up. Uh, whenever I was a kid, I can remember people telling me to prove it. I made claims that I could throw a ball this way or kick a ball that way or run a race this fast, and people would always say, prove it. So this morning, it's prove it, a Mother's Day message. Let me read you this. The proof is in the pudding. How many of you have ever heard that phrase before? Well, this is what it means. Generally, this expression is used to say that the real worth or the real success or the real effectiveness of something can only be determined by putting it to the test, by trying or using it. Appearances and promises aside, just as the best test of pudding is to eat it. And uh, we got a lot of pudding mongers in our church. Uh, we got people who love banana pudding, and we got people who just love pudding. In fact, one of his nicknames is Pud, I think. So anyway, the proof is in the pudding. So you test pudding by eating it. And so this morning, I want to take just a few moments, and I want to look into the life of a woman that is uh, mentioned in the Bible. Uh, she's a mom. Uh, she's a woman that uh, very little really is known about her in the Bible. Uh, however, we do know that this woman was uh, is very important in the Bible because she was important to her daughter. She's known as a woman of, of great faith, uh, a woman who dared to come to the presence of Jesus Christ and ask for something that she really had no right to ask Jesus for, a woman who also received an answer for what it was that she asked Jesus for a woman whose story is told in Matthew chapter 15. So let's read this scripture. This is Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. It gives us a good insight into this exchange between Jesus and this woman, this woman obviously being in dire need for her child. So verse number, verse number 21, it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. 
And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I believe that there is a lot that we can learn from this Canaanite mother. First of all, she needed help for her demon-possessed daughter, and she refused to take no for an answer. You see, the attitude of Jesus here, whenever we look at this, you think, good grief, man, he was hard on this woman. But I really believe his attitude was intended to test the faith of this woman, to test the faith of this mother. And her great faith, because she was tested, her great faith resulted in the healing of her child. So a few things that we really need to look at in this scripture. First of all, this mother went to the right person. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of, o, o Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. So she goes to the right person. She's, she's drawn to Jesus by perhaps the great things that she's heard about him doing, or maybe even the great things that she's seen him do. She was also driven to his greatness, driven to Jesus because of the greatness of her need. Perhaps there was nobody around her that could help with the difficulty that her daughter found herself in. Her daughter was in great need, and she went to the right person to get that need addressed. She goes to the person she absolutely knows can help her, and that is Jesus Christ. Don't people always seem to gravitate to run to the one that they know that can really help them whenever they're in times of need? I mean, man, whenever you've got somebody that's a professional plumber in your church and, and uh, you know, you really don't want to hire one, you know, you call them on the phone and say, hey, I've got a plumbing need. Help me with this. You got somebody that's a good mechanic in your church uh, or in your circle of friends, your influence. You call them and say, my car is making this sound. Can you help me with it? You always run to those people that know, that you know, that can help you. And in this situation, this woman, she had it in her heart. She knew that Jesus Christ could help her, so she went to the person she could get help from. The second thing that we need to look at is this. This mom would not be overcome with discouragement. Folks, this, this, this morning, there are all different kinds of things that can discourage us. But one of the greatest discouragements that we might get is whenever we go to the Lord and we ask for something specific and we don't hear an answer. In fact, sometimes we don't hear anything. For heaven's sake, we've been praying for my wife's healing for year after year after year after year. And instead of her health getting better, her health has gotten worse. There's things that will discourage us whenever we go to the Lord and it and we ask him for the, the various needs that are in our families' lives. Discouragement can set in whenever we don't get the answer right away, whenever we don't get the answer we need, whenever we don't hear from him. And so here's this woman who goes to Jesus, and, and, and by all accords, she should have been discouraged by what she heard coming from Jesus' mouth. She would not be discouraged. Whenever Jesus responded to her cry, you know, have mercy on me, Lord, the Bible says Jesus answered her not a word. In other words, he just, 
He just didn't say a word to her. She wouldn't be discouraged uh, by the contempt shown by Jesus' disciples whenever they came and said, Jesus, just send her away. She's, she's a bother. She's, she's messing up our schedule this morning. She's crying out after us. She wouldn't be discouraged whenever this doctrine that Jesus brought forth. He says, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She was not a lost sheep from the house of Israel. She was a, a, a foreigner. She had no part of the covenant there. And so all of these things stacking up against her, but yet she would not be discouraged. I've uh, been a pastor for a lot of years, and I can assure you that I've met with person after person after person that for one reason or another, they found themselves in a place of discouragement. May I say this? I believe God sometimes doesn't act like He cares because it's a test of our faith. All the years that we've prayed for my wife, I'm keeping on, keeping on. Nothing's going to discourage me. I'm believing for her healing. I haven't heard from him in a long time. Obviously, her health has not gotten any better, but yet I, I, I resist the, the, the discouragement that might come my way. That's one of the greatest tools that Satan uses on the children of God. He uses discouragement. He'll come to you and he'll say, God doesn't care about you. God doesn't love you. God's never going to answer your prayer. But here this woman refused to be overcome by discouragement. All that was against her, and she still, she still hung in there for the answer that she needed. The third thing that I want to look at this morning is she persisted in the right way. The Bible tells us to be persistent. It tells us to ask. It tells us to knock. It tells us to seek. The parables in the Bible of the, of, of the, uh, uh, the persistent widow that came to the judge, and she asked, and she asked, and she asked. And finally, the judge says, lest you wear me out, I answer you. And so this morning, obviously, the Bible tells us to be persistent, but this woman was persistent in the right way. Look at what it says. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. She came and worshiped the Lord, and she cries out to him, help me. One of the most powerful prayers that anybody can pray is embodied in these three words, Lord, help me. A person must lay aside your self-righteousness. A person must lay aside the confidence in your own flesh to come to a place where you can truly cry out, Lord, help me. I think sometimes we can say those words. We can say, Lord, help me. But there's something maybe underlying that we go, well, if he doesn't help me, you know, there's always the bank. Well, there's always the doctor. Well, there's always this. There's always that. But see, whenever you lay, lay aside your own self-righteousness and you lay aside all confidence in the flesh, then you can truly come to a place where you, from the very depths of your soul, can cry out to the Lord, Lord, help me. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many times that I've been there in that place where, man, it seems like I've exhausted every avenue and I finally came to the end of my rope to the place where I just say, man, Lord, I gotta have you. Lord, help me. This woman would not be discouraged by the seeming lack of concern from Jesus, but he answered and he said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She wouldn't be discouraged by a comment such as this. 
Uh, the Greek word used here is for kind of like household pets, you know, not the mongrels that run around the streets, uh, uh, you know, the, the feral dogs, I guess you would call them. These are the little pets that, you know, the little lap dogs, the ones that are really treated well in the house. So I guess if you look at it that way, you know, she's not, she's not being called a, a mangy mutt mongrel that's running around the streets. She's being called a little lap dog. I don't know um, about you, but even if somebody called me a little lap dog, they're still calling me a dog. And I, I might just stomp off bad, insulted, offended. Um, I, I think I probably would if somebody would have called me a dog, even if it was a small little lap dog. But this woman, she didn't stomp off mad. Because you see, I think probably moms know this most of all. Dads, I'm not discounting you, not discounting myself, because we are concerned about our kids. But somehow or another, moms have this built-in mechanism that whenever something's wrong with their kids, nothing else matters. It's just nothing else matters. Whenever their kids are in trouble, nothing else matters. And I know dads are there as well, but somehow or another, moms have been given this, this, this innate sense by God, nothing else matters whenever their kids are in trouble. And this woman certainly was in that place. Nothing mattered. Nothing mattered. And so she persisted with this request. She persisted with his prayer to Jesus the right way. The next thing, she didn't argue with Jesus. She just accepted what he said. Um, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. There are times when we might feel like arguing with the Lord. Whenever we don't get the right response from him that we're hoping for, whenever that response doesn't come in the right time that we're hoping for. Um, but ultimately, he is Lord. You see, that's what we got to come to a place where we understand is, is he's Lord. He's God. He knows the future. He knows the present. He knows the past. He is Alpha Omega, the beginning and end, and he knows everything. He knows everything about our circumstance, and this is what he's up to. He's up to doing what we need done the best way for us, answering our prayers where it's going to benefit us the most, answering our prayers in the right time, in the right way, because he's good, and he's good to us. So we have to come to a place where we just say, Lord, you are God and you are Lord of my life and I honor you and you are the one calling the shots, not us. I'm not in charge, Lord. You are. I don't know the past. I mean, I don't know the future, but you do. And Lord, you are the one to call the shots here. I just want to share one quick little thing with you, kind of give you a little look inside of who I am. I've always been one who has felt like the Lord needed to hear my opinions. And sometimes I've even felt like he needed to hear my suggestions or 
man, I come up with some great ideas every once in a while that I feel like I need to just cut him in on. You know, ideas about how he can do this in my life and suggestions about, you know, timing. Whenever it comes to timing, man, I've got a lot of suggestions. And, oh, I've got some great opinions, too, about how he needs to do things, how he needs to get things accomplished in my life and prayers answered that I've been praying. You see, I feel like that I've been one of God's most trusted advisors over the years. <laughs> yeah, I know probably you laugh at that, and I laugh at it as well, because you see, sometimes that's what we take on ourselves. We, we think that we're God's uh, uh, you know, advisor, and we need to give him suggestions and good ideas and opinions. But folks, really what we need to do is exactly what this woman did. We need to continue to humbly ask him for his mercy, for his compassion, for his grace. Because folks, this is the bottom line. He doesn't owe us anything. We are not worthy to receive one answered prayer from God. But through his son, Jesus Christ, he has elevated us to the place of sons and daughters, and he gives us all that he has, even though we are unworthy of it. Humbly ask him for his mercy, because it's by his mercy, it's by his grace that we can receive. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, this is what it says. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. That word ask in, in Matthew 7, 7 can best be translated, not just ask once, but to keep on asking. So ask, to be persistent, and ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask over and over. This woman, she, she was not being deterred. She was asking, she was believing, and she was going to be there until she got the miracle that she needed. This mother's really relentless pursuit of the miracle for her daughter, she followed this course of action. And we can see that through this course of action, she got the results that she desperately needed. The last thing that I want to share with you this morning is this. This mother's strong faith, this mother's persistence, this mother's refusing to be discouraged, this mother just making sure that she had the right person in front of her that can help her with her daughter's needs, it paid off. It was rewarded by Jesus. The Bible says, Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire and her daughter was healed from that very hour. This child, this daughter of hers, got what she needed from Jesus as a result of her mother's faith. As a result of her mother's actions, this child received from God what she needed. A mom that when her child had a need, she went to the right person. A mom that whenever her child had a need, she would not be deterred with discouragement. She would not allow discouragement to come her way. She hung in there. She persisted. She didn't argue with Jesus. She just simply let him be Lord. And she was rewarded for her actions. 
She got what she needed for her daughter. This morning, this message has a lot of ways that we can look at it. Raising kids is hard work. It's difficult. We live in an era, we live in a, in, a, in a time where I believe that raising children is perhaps more difficult than it ever has been. There's so many things out there this morning that can affect our kids and harm them in such negative ways. This morning, moms have such an incredibly important position in the life of their children. And I can't tell you how important it is for moms to begin to step up. You see, if you're a mom out there, and, and let me just open the door just a little bit wider because I'm not just talking to moms today. I'm really talking to dads. I'm talking to grandparents. I'm talking to aunts and uncles. I'm talking to anybody who has their hands around the life of a child. If there's a child somewhere in your sphere of influence, you are influencing them in a certain way. And I believe that in the same way that this mother, this, this mother stepped up and, and she got what she needed for her child, we have to be individuals that take the responsibility of bringing up a child so, so seriously. The various needs that they have during the course of them being raised, the ways that you and I have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I pray for my child. I'm believing for my child. It's not just an illness. But folks, whenever we see a child with a character difficulty because uh, you know, kids can grow up and they have all different kinds of things that they walk through. And it's our responsibility as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles to pray for them. Folks, whenever they embark and go to school, it's important that we pray over those days that they will be in, in the hands of a teacher, in the hands of somebody that's molding and shaping their lives so as that nothing would harm them. It's difficult to raise kids. It's difficult to see each and every year of their life go by day after day after day and not be confronted with the difficulties that they face, the difficulties of growing up. You see, this morning what I'm asking is I'm asking for all of those individuals that are listening to my voice to prove it. Moms, you need to prove the kind of mom that you are. Dads, you need to prove the kind of dad you are. Because as I read just a little bit earlier, the proof is in the pudding. The expression is used to say that the real worth of something, the real success of something, the real effectiveness of something can only be determined by putting it to the test. And church, let me just say this. We are being put to the test every day. And we're either going to rise to the occasion or we're just going to muddle through. Muddling through opens the door to the enemy and to the lives of our kids. Folks, there are kids out there today that are not making it. There are kids out there today that their lives are torn apart by the ravages of the enemy. And so as parents, we got to step up and do the things we need to do. The proof is in the pudding. And I'm asking you, to prove yourself to be a good mother, a good father, a good grandfather by doing the things you need to do in the lives of your kids. This mom was certainly put to the test, and this is what I'll say, she passed. She proved herself worthy 
as a mom. Folks, just because somebody calls you a mom, just because somebody calls you a dad, just because somebody calls you a grandparent, aunt or uncle, doesn't mean that you're worth being called that. Because there's a lot of deadbeat dads out there. There's a lot of deadbeat uh, um, moms. There's a lot of deadbeat grandparents out there that are not doing what they need to be doing with their kid, grandkids and kids. There are a lot of people out there that are doing a very poor job of being what they need to be for their kids. They found various things to, to uh, entertain them. They found various things uh, for hobbies. They work too much. They put the almighty green dollar in front of their kids, and the list goes on and on and on. But one of the greatest grievances that I have against so many people is they're not bringing their children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. There are parents that their kids have never darkened the door of a church. There are kids that are, that are not being raised in the spiritual light that they need to be raised in. Moms and dads, we got to step up. We got to prove our worth. We got to we got to prove what we need to prove to the to our kids. We need to do everything that's in our power to prove that we are doing whatever it is that it takes to be the mom, to be the dad to the children that are in our custody. So this morning, I end with this. Prove it. Just as the best test of a pudding is to eat it, we got to prove it. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us, Lord, to come together and to hear this word. But, Father, this story that you plucked right down in the middle of Matthew is so vitally important to us this morning because it tells us, Lord God, this story of this woman who did all the right things for her daughter. And Father, I know that there are so many listening this morning that they want to do the right thing for their kids. They want to prove that they are the mom, that they are the dad that they need to be. And Father, I know that they're going to be stepping up and making decisions, Lord, that are going to affect literally the future of their children in the positive way. Father, this morning we pray a blessing over all of our moms. We thank you, Lord, for the hard work and the dedication the massive amounts of love that they give out to their children, they give out to their family. And Lord, this morning we pray a blessing on them, Father, that you would, in a very special way, Lord God, just secure them in your love. And Father, this morning, I pray that all of us will be about proving that we're what it is that each one of our kids need us to be, doing it right so that they'll grow up right. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing day. And moms, I pray you have a blessed, blessed Mother's Day. God bless you.